jump back in. So today I'm here with Daniel, Daniel S, as we used to call him. Um, someone I've quite literally grown up with. I knew you how long ago? When did we first get to know each other? Oh, geez, I think I probably got to know you before you got to know me. <laughs> you were so young, innit? I think quite young. literally you were in the hospital room or you were in like the reception area when I was born. I can't, to be Some fair, shit. I can't remember being there when you were born, but definitely you were like, before you were a toddler, before you Baby, could walk, yeah. Yeah, before you could walk and do anything, I remember. But yes. I, I can't remember how old I was. So the age difference between us is four years. Right. And Nikki, my older sister, she's obviously four years older than me. So yeah. I think there was a, a generation where all the parents had kids, which were the same age. Mm. My, yeah, my sister was the only girl. And you, you were a bunch of guys. You, Bobby, Korosh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nima, maybe a few so other people. I think people. probably when, I, when we went to primary... That's when our mums got to know each other, innit? Nah. No? Primary school? Oh, it was in you and Nikki. Yeah, yeah. So this yeah, is yeah, this yeah. is the disconnect because I've just always been in the picture since I was born. Like this already existed. Yeah, so exactly. I've just grown yeah, up yeah, with yeah, all of you right. there. And I've yeah, I think it's it's interesting because it's affected the way I think I've had to develop my personality being amongst people four years older imagine <laughs> when you're bullied <laughs> exactly imagine when you're four years old three four years old everyone else is seven eight yeah true and then you're eight and everyone's 12 yeah so it was, it was always like, like catching up the, the older siblings the whole whole way through innit? yeah because yeah because uh, that uh, in those days we had like a it was like the hierarchy was daniel he was the oldest son. My brother. Yeah, yeah, your brother. Daniel. So my older brother's called Daniel Daniel D. Daniel and D. You're Daniel yeah. S. Yeah. So he was like, yeah, the older old, oldest one. And then it was like me, Bobby, Nima. Yeah, so Nima everyone else same age, yeah. four years younger yeah, Nikki. than Daniel Ed, Daniel D was yeah. you guys. And then four years younger than you was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's how it worked out. Yeah, I remember probably the way, you, now that I'm trying to think of it, is the way I saw Daniel was probably the way you saw me, Bobby, yeah. and Korosh. Oh, oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah, I never thought of it. I thought Daniel was a prick. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. So I can't imagine what you must have thought of me, you know. <laughs> no, I just remember you being cheeky as... as, as no, it, it definitely... Now I reflect on it a lot, my pers- your personality has to... You have to be likable, or you have to mm. be accepted in a group where you're always the outsider, or yeah. always the laughing stock, or always the one picked on yeah, for yeah, being the youngest. True. So I think <laughs> it was it was actually a very good thing, in in a lot of senses. Some senses though, there's there's probably a lot of people pleasing, where I need to, I've I've had to go through a weird transition stage, mm. of like realizing you're no longer. <clears throat> the youngest in the in the group and it's now everyone's level playing field but that also translated with kids my own age i would always okay. be like i'm four years ahead of you yeah because so everything yeah. i was doing like they would always catch on so much later mm. when um, did you when did you think that what, what age did you think it all sort of balanced out i think when 
I can tell you when there was a, a very big disconnect. When I was 12 and you guys were now 15, 16. Mm. Then it was like, we can't even hang out anymore. Yeah. Because you guys are now doing... Mm, you're getting into girls and going out and getting drunk. And I personally never really did that yeah. stuff, but I know what you mean. Because I remember it was like, yeah, at one point it was, like I said, your brother Daniel, mm. and then everyone else sort of went down like that in, in age-wise. And then at one point, Daniel just sort of wasn't there anymore. Yeah. Uh, then obviously, because he just grew up, you know, we, we would ask. Exactly. You'd ask him, oh, you know, Daniel's older now. So I was like, oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, why would you want to hang around with a little yeah. bunch of kids? But then, you know, so, but then, so then he went off, I remember. And then not a few years after that, we still sort of hang around, hang around with each other. It was like me, mm. you, Bobby. It was mainly me, you and Korosh, I think, when yeah, we were getting yeah. older. Yeah, um, but then it was like Persian FC where Bobby was about. And, you know, so there was like, we were still yeah. kind of doing things together, not as we, regularly as used to. So we quite literally had a Sunday league, like yeah. a Sunday kickabout Sunday called Persian, <laughs> Persian FC. Um, but yeah, I think where we kind of, it was less strange to hang about. Uh, level playing field like you were saying was probably 16-ish 16 to 18 range but then obviously I was going through my situation yeah, so yeah, at yeah. 16 I'm like when I've just turned 16 I'm now going out a lot more mm. going to these house parties I've got a girlfriend well, that's, that's where we, we that weren't stuff. really we weren't really doing those things together and that's where like you yeah, yeah, went like, off to be you guys age. probably did that when I was 12 <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. why I never saw much of you guys but then when I was 16 I was sort of doing that and then mm-hmm. the whole hospital situation happened yeah, yeah and then it was interesting because I had like say I'm going out a bunch and I'm thinking I'm some sort of I didn't think I was popular but I was yeah, I knew people about. I was out yeah, and about yeah, yeah, yeah. and then especially when you're young and you think like Oh, that, that means a lot to you at that age. Um, it didn't translate when I went to hospital. Like, pretty much none of those people were there. Mm. Like, all my supposed friends weren't oh, yeah, there anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the people who actually showed up, which I didn't expect, like, I almost took it for granted, <clears throat> was Persian FC. It's quite literally you guys, so... <laughs> yeah, Persian yeah. FC came through. Persian <laughs> FC came through. Yeah, 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 I remember that Because <laughs> yeah, that literally was the group, wasn't it? It was, yeah, Persian FC group. It was important, we, yeah. man. That was, that was a big wake-up call, I think. Just seeing the culture, the people I've quite literally grown up with, even though I haven't properly seen you guys in ages, we can always mm. meet up and it's as though nothing changes. Yeah, 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 because yeah, that's, that's, that's the one thing I'm very grateful for just just in life because it's yeah, cause I've seen just when I was like managing all those properties I would talk to so many different probably over, over a thousand people and just mm. throughout the whole po- portfolio so many different people from different parts of the world different walks of life and the one thing everyone wishes they had is like some sort of companionship some sort of f- friendship in it mm. but like a, so many people they don't even have like friends with people they marry so I was like yeah because you become like putting on a show at home as well as in the office as well as down the pub 
So I noticed, yeah, a lot of people don't have that. That like we literally yeah. grew up. It was like something out of a fucking American American film. <laughs> Our childhood, I swear to God, is like Fox you know, Lane Park, Fox Lane, yeah, Charshan Masuri. I don't know if we talked about that kind of stuff here. No, so you know, we like mentioned a it a few times. I think it's come up the whole second generation immigrant um, and having that our culture mm-hmm. where it's all the Persian kids, Iranian yeah, kids, yeah, yeah. and then also going to school and you're mixing and matching mm-hmm. with, with the English kids and wherever else people are from growing yeah, up exactly. in London. But yeah, we always had, I don't know, a very safe and secure like community that was yeah. behind us and I think that's the most valuable part of which is funny with Iranians because Iranians aren't that I mean they talk about community and everything but in comparison to let's say like the Indian community like they've got a whole of cell phone you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah. that's, that's them together innit you know what this is <laughs> I don't know if you know this but Finchley yeah, Finchley yeah, is well. is like our version of cell for the for kind the Indians of. But there's there's a even bigger Jewish community there. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Have you yeah. ever been there on like Friday night, where I'm guessing they're all heading towards the was a synagogue, synagogue or yeah. coming home or some function? A sea of them, like a really? whole community. Yeah, it's, it's from all the way above, the, like top of the road to the point where you can't. I don't even know why I never, I never realized. All dressed that. in the traditional Orthodox, you know, with the hats and the, the facial hair and everything. Mm. So that's yeah, Finchley, North London is very much sort of Finchley and then that kind of thing I get the feeling that it's like a more Jewish community I think Southall was a <clears throat> I mean obviously we're not part of that community but it would be interesting to speak to to people within yeah I mean so the thing is like they're all, so there's like the Indian community are so close knit together they have like a whole region Chinatown same mm. thing Chinese community are proper together and even the Polish ones you see Polish shops everywhere like they're all yeah I was going to say, it, it must be some sort of um, economical yeah, I guess. thing where they come together, they, they bunch their money together and then actually buy up businesses and then hire local yeah, yeah. Sure, people sure. within the community mm. and then kind of keep yeah, yeah. everything in circulation. They have like, they're, they're a community, basically, but Iranians yeah. aren't so much like that. Iranians are... Uh, are more on the economic front yeah I agree more individual if it benefits me I'll do it if it doesn't I'm not mm. doing but what is mad about that is we were very lucky in that our Iranian community was a proper tight knit mm. like we would our parents would babysit the kids like I remember I'd sleep over at your house and then you'd come and sleep over at mine house and we'd go to Bobby's and yeah that's true it was like a proper serious tight knit community, community. Yeah, yeah. Where everyone would sort of work with each other to some extent not so much but no that's true for each that's other. true I think there are two sides to our community yeah, yeah well yeah there's the, the side. yeah the, the snobby <laughs> side and then there's the well yeah because I mean even even I would say even my parents and the, the way they made it look on the outside made it feel like things were so much better than what was actually going on Did you see the nice house and Mercedes and yeah. all that posing stuff in it, but yeah, it's not. That's exa- I feel as though it's exactly the same with every single one of our families. Though yeah, I could yeah. tell you, it is quite literally the exact same for yeah, for my the, family. Yeah, yeah, but I, I sense our one kind of crumbled. <clears throat> the 
the thing is, the only reason you think that is because everyone else knows about it, but you don't know about everyone else's <laughs> True. Yeah, I mean, they don't speak about it so much. I and guess. I think, personally, it was actually quite liberating. Mm. Growing up, having, like, it feels as though trying to camouflage what's really going on. Oh, I see what you mean. And then all of a sudden, it's revealed. Yeah, you see backstage, and And it was like, this is... I mean, at the time, you're obviously going through a lot of shit. Yeah. But then at the end of it, it's like, well, if it wasn't for that, we'd probably still be trying to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, God, yeah, God. I mean, literally, you say that when my... People say I think I'm weird in it, but when my dad passed away, I say that was probably the best thing that ever happened. Because when he... He was the one that was basically holding up this curtain and this sunny picture of our great life. Mm. When he sort of passed away, that curtain fell down too, and it it fell down to the point where it, I mean, it was he was holding it so well that even I didn't realize it was a facade, in it, yeah. whatever the right word is. So that when he sort of literally, because this happened so suddenly, he wasn't sick or anything, he just sort of dropped heart attack, gone. That metaphorical curtain fell down wow and then but in my eyes I was like yes I was actually so is it obviously liberal yeah. yeah I was obviously I was sad about my dad passing away but I blocked that out to the point where I was like look it was as if you know like you've been you've been in a castle you've been living in mm-hmm. a castle this whole time these big huge stone walls and whatever and then one day the fucking door opens and you see this fucking forest in front of you and yeah. Sun is coming up, you know, right, 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 right. Let's think, go hunting, mate. <laughs> I think it's it's when you when you're lying to yourselves almost yeah, by yeah, yeah. showing a different image to other people. Exactly. Things get yeah. very I mean, it dicey. Be to the point where you think right? the image is real. Yeah. That's all. So okay, that's that's a good segue. Um, I think the main we could literally do this for six hours. We've already had a two and a half hour conversation <laughs> before recording this. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, tight-knit community. Obviously, the whole hospital thing happened to me when I was towards the the later side of my of being 16. So it was around about May, so it must have been 2015. Yeah, so my, my dad passed away the 2nd of July 2015. I found out about, about you being in the hospital about a month or two after. I mean, again, I'm fuzzy yeah. with the timelines in it, but it wasn't so, that long ago. I, from, long from what I remember, I didn't want anyone finding out, essentially. That's what we were Like, none of my them. friends, let alone, I wasn't even thinking about the Iranian community, clearly. <laughs> I didn't even know you guys were going to come and visit me. But that's, a, that's yeah. another story. Um, yeah, it turned out, I think, my mum was obviously consumed with, with me, what was going on with me being in hospital complications all of that stuff and I didn't even comprehend her friends are probably going to be checking up on her yeah. why isn't she returning our calls where is she we've gone to the house oh, so no one's coming back anything. she didn't tell anyone mm. and what happened was I think somehow they found her location I think your mum and another one of my mum's friends went to basically the hospital I think somehow they knew she was at this hospital and they've gone and they've seen at the front it's a teenage cancer ward and that's like the pennies dropped and they're like what the fuck is going on 
Did you just happen to get her location from? I, I don't know the backstory, but she she may have even told them I'm at the hospital, but I'm I'm not trying to tell you why I'm out. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, they basically read the sign and they were like, oh shit, we already like we mm. know what's going on. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know the full story, but that's essentially what happened. Now they've they figured out the the picture. Um, and I'm grateful they did, man, because yeah. none of my other friends, like, I didn't want them to know. Two of my friends did know. They came to see me once or twice. And then mm. fucking... Ev- and then all of my other mates found out. They were talking about it, but no one actually came to see me. No one was yeah. really sending me any messages. Yeah, I did. Did she ever come to visit? No, so I, I didn't... I didn't really want her to come and see me. Oh, uh, no, I get Like, yeah. See you in the It's day. difficult. I was in such a yeah fucked up state I didn't want anyone to see me but yeah. having you guys basically force your way in and be like <laughs> I don't want no one to come see me and then you're like yeah okay cool are you dumb are you, are you stupid <laughs> like we're here anyway um, yeah, it, was, it was a mad time because I remember when I found out you were already in the hospital yeah like we were driving I was driving somewhere and then my mum told me I was like what like, what a time to tell someone behind the wheel on like hang lane roundabout <laughs> those are six different lanes <laughs> what okay uh, so I like, try to what did she tell you I, I, oh he's I about to remember and die <laughs> no no she said look so Ryan's uh, in the hospital I was like okay why and then she was like yeah he's, he's got cancer I was just speechless shit so I was like okay we gotta go see him, <laughs> innit? We gotta go see him. Like, what do you mean? I can't just like sit okay, here. Okay, I'm on a roundabout out. right now. What do you want me to do? Yeah, just like, okay, do you want me to go to hospital right now? Which hospital is he in? He goes UCL. Uh, was it UCH? UCLH. UCLH. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, at least he's there, and yeah, it's yeah. like one of the best places he could be. And then we're like, well, then I think I must have talked to Korosh about it. I'm like, yeah, fuck, you know, this has happened. So we just gotta go and see him, innit? We gotta go see him. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, he didn't want anyone to know. They didn't tell us that you didn't want anyone to. He, he, we knew that you didn't want anyone to find out. But we were guessing, like, if my mum is telling me, then it's sort of come through the mum, mm. and it's getting to the point where it's time to, like, yeah, come in and, and just be there, innit? You didn't, none yeah. of us knew what, what to do, what to say. There's no be easy present. way to. To maneuver in that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, all I was thinking was like just, just. In my mind, it was it was no doubt that you were gonna be yeah. fine. It was like there's there's not even a second thought to think that oh, this is the end. Mm. Just, you just don't even think about it. And then you're like, so what's what's left? Just go be positive. Go be positive. I remember <laughs> I forced you to get off from your bed. Yeah. <laughs> And Kurosh was about to I was like, get the fuck off him. <laughs> Lazy prick out, man. I'm bored. I'm I remember go, that. I want to go play some games. <laughs> I do remember that. I think you guys caught me. Your mum your mom didn't know when I was in ICU because I have brief memories of her being there. But I think I only saw you guys after when I'd come out of ICU. I think so. So I was in the worst stage at that point like when you guys were seeing me that was quite literally the yeah I remember you lost pretty much the, all the hair had come out and I was green I had jaundice you know, I didn't realise that until I remember we came for your birthday yeah there was like a lot of people there and then 
got a bit much. It was like you know, too much energy in the room, and you were tired. So we're like, okay, let's take some pictures quickly, and then we'll just sort of wrap it up and you know do a little something. Yeah. I look back at the pictures. I was like, oh. holy shit! And I didn't realize that because when I saw you, you didn't look like that. Bro, that's that's a whole other situation <clears throat> where I obviously I've gone from I don't want people to find out to now. I'm sitting in a wheelchair in a room <laughs> yeah. surrounded by people I didn't want to know. Yeah. And yeah. now they're making me take take pictures and shit. Oh, but really? I get it. Now I'm I'm over it. I can look back at the picture maybe and think, holy shit, look <laughs> at where I was and look at where I am now. Mm. But yeah, at the time, I was just... I didn't realize, yeah. I mean, because we were just so focused on trying to be positive. Mm. I guess like in the moment, our eyes didn't see the extent of it. It's only after when we looked at the pictures, we're like, "Whoa, okay, yeah, no, he, you know, he, he wasn't looking too good at that moment." Yeah, he looked and fucked I'm up. I'm glad that we sort of told everyone to leave and finished it off quickly. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you could see on the look on your face, you could see on the look on your face that you were tired, but didn't just realize like, oh, "Okay, no." It's a social thing as well. Like your social battery isn't there. Yeah. You're dealing with so much shit already, and now you've got all these people looking mm-hmm. at you trying to be like nervous energy in it yeah, yeah like it's your birthday are you happy like <laughs> yeah, yeah, what do you yeah. want me to say uh, but yeah weird one. it's but going it a, a little bit off off topic there so yeah I must have I'm in that state obviously and then what happened with with your your dad basically yeah yeah okay um, so that was in know? early July you said 2nd of July 2015. Do you mind explaining like what actually happened? You just said yes, out yeah, of yeah, nowhere. Yeah. So um, I remember it. So I was again downstairs. Sort of where the studio, sort of one bedroom studio flat, separate. Mm. So kitchen and toilet. And so I was downstairs in there, and I could hear. I heard my dad come downstairs. He was like shouting at my sister because she was taking her time coming down, and he needed to drop her off to school to get to work after. So he was like shouting, and then my sister was like came downstairs with like. A mood and then they went off so this must have been like 8 8 30 something like that in the morning mm. I like uh, was just laying in bed um, I think around maybe 11 or so uh, doorbell rings my mom comes down says opens the door is like yeah comes to my room and says yeah let's we need to go what time 11 30 yeah something like that 11 like still morningish okay um, yeah so let's say 9 yeah, about 11.30. So I just quickly put on my trousers, I get to the door, I see there's two people in an ambulance, but it's not, not a van ambulance, it's like one of those Audis, just mm. a normal car. We get in, um, I'm thinking obviously something's happened. It's just you and your mum? Yeah, it's just me and my mum, my sister's at school. So I was just sitting in there and then they were just driving. Um, again, I wasn't really thinking anything my mom sort of held my hand oh, wow. so I was like yeah I was like okay so you know this could be kind of serious but it's probably just something has happened do you know who it's in regards to no no didn't know anything well I knew it had to be my dad in it because they, they would yeah, who yeah. else <clears throat> so yeah they're driving towards Ealing Hospital and I was like okay just again no thoughts nothing just sort of just waiting to see what's going to happen what, what, what the situation is mm. they didn't have their sirens on all of a sudden they switched the sirens on so I was like oh so we're in a this bit of a rush new, now yeah. okay 
so this whole time I'm just sort of watching, looking, not thinking anything. It's like, okay, well, yeah, switch on the sirens, all right. It's a bit strange, but okay. We'll, we'll get there and we'll see what happens. Um, got there. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, well, he's probably like, they said, just sit here for five minutes. So I'm thinking, okay, he's probably like in the room and they're just sort of going to like tell him, oh, your family's here and if you're ready for them to come in. Mm. They can be with you, and so I was like, okay. They need five minutes to just sort of, you know, get him into his get his bearings or whatever. Yeah. Not even five minutes. The lady came back. She was like, "Can you come with us?" We went straight, took a right. They opened two swinging sort of two double doors. As they opened, it was like almost like a like you know when you, you in those movies where the camera's moving forward, the doors open, and the lady pulls the curtain, and it's like revealed. Mm. So yeah, they swung the doors open one nurse just pulled this curtain all the way around and I just saw like he was on the on the bed and it just it's gone so I knew like you see from the first second I saw him I was like he's, he's wow. obviously gone and they haven't told you anything they've just shown you yeah they just literally just pulled back the curtain you didn't oh, oh my god and I was like yeah you just see him there just like as if he's asleep on his just on his back <coughs> and then um, yeah first second I saw him there wasn't like or was he asleep? Or he was definitely gone. Uh, my mom started screaming and shouting and trying to wake him up. And I was just, I was just sort of standing there watching all of it happen. She was yeah going crazy and like I don't know, begging the nurses to do something and they're like they, they didn't know what to say. So I'm just watching nurses go by, go by. She grabs one nurse and she's like, I'm sorry. The nurse goes by. And then eventually, or as I'm just sort of watching, it's almost like you're watching something in, um, what was it, the hyperlapse. Yeah. Everything happens. They eventually pull him into a room with the bed. They pull him into just this little room. Um, like no windows or anything. Just like, almost like a storage room. Mm-hmm. It was quite big. Wheeled him into there. <clears throat> My mom is like just sitting there crying her eyes out. I'm standing just watching his body thinking right and so what's the next move what the fuck, what the fuck are we going to do <laughs> so then I was like oh his phone his phone yeah. so he grabbed his phone I was like oh shit password and I remembered he's got his thumb print as his password so I grabbed this man's limp arm put his thumb on the thing and it unlocked I was like yes did mate, you change tech. his password and no 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 I just just kept it unlocked like I can't remember to be fair I must have changed the password but I was just so gassed that his thumbprint one thing yeah your dad was very technologically exactly, yeah, yeah. So on top like, of everything yes mate technology like <laughs> you, you, that was probably the most amazing thing that could have happened that day and I was so happy and I was like I unlocked it I was like okay so like what do I do now and then I don't know why my mum was like call, call Amir Khan Shaheen's dad and I was like, I, I don't know, okay. Called him. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. oh no. <laughs> Those tears started coming through because I had to explain. You're not even processing what's going on. Yeah. And only when... <laughs> when I tried to explain it to him. So I was like, oh, this has happened. And, and God bless him. I, 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 every time I think of this man, I think I should go up to him and just say thank you because I, I, I feel mm. like I never did. But when I called him, he goes, okay, don't worry. He hangs up half an hour 45 minutes maybe maximum an hour later everyone's there 
this man must have made 50 phone calls in 10 mm. seconds to, to, to get every, and everyone came well, like most people I remember like I think it was yeah your mom definitely came um, Ami Khan was there then uh, Mohan's parents were there this was back when Mohan, the whole Bobby's, community yeah 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 but Bobby's mom was still alive as well she came through um, yeah Mohan was there yeah quite a few quite a few not everyone but it was still like such mm. quick timing Several people. He stole my thunder. They probably just called the hospital and were like, "Round up the troops, <laughs> going from this hospital to the other one." Yeah, no. from central to Ealing. Well, yeah, it was. So they, yeah, it's a bunch of people came, and then from then on, it's a bit of a blur. And from yeah. there on, just process you know, funeral and just people coming in. The door was never locked at our house, and everyone, people coming in, people going out, people coming in. That's tough because it feels as though when someone does pass away, I, I, I mean, I don't know how to say it. I haven't experienced someone very, very close to me passing away mm. the so way, you know, your dad had passed away at that time. So I don't know the, the stages of going yes. through it. Are you in shock? Are you just numb to it? Get this over and done with and then you're alone then you have time to process yeah what just happened well the process that you never, I don't, you can never really do it all in one go and it, it will happen mm. over the years so you don't know um, again it's difficult to like talk about because everyone's experience is different okay you could have the same thing happen to the same to you know mm. two people have the same exact thing happen to them but their grieving process is different so <clears throat> Some people go quiet, some people dive into work, some yeah. people focus on other things, some people, you know, get depressed. It's, so it's all different. The only reason, the only thing I can talk about is my experience. You, that is my you mentioned when you made that phone call to explain what, what had happened yeah, yeah. and round up the troops, you got quite shaky. Yeah, on the yeah, phone. yeah. Like yeah. It, was, it was difficult to communicate. Definitely started, your voice went shaky. Yeah, I did probably start crying as well, just because mm. I was like, right. So this is, yeah, I guess a moment of trying to process, like, right, this is what's happened. I have to now explain that my dad's just basically dropped dead to someone who, yeah. and again, I don't know why Amir Khan. It wasn't like he wasn't like, um, in my mind, he wasn't the go-to person, but for some reason, my mum said his name. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, what a great guy to call. Exactly. exactly. And I think there is reason behind that. In times of trouble, you know, you know who to. Who I guess so. To. Yeah, but I, I know I was maybe expecting her to say call your mom or Kurosh's mom or I don't know. I just never mm. thought Ami Khan, but but he is the guy who would have would have been able to take care of. Mm. But, and thinking back, I can't think who who else would have been better to call. Because I can't think of anyone else. I don't know why. I don't know why. But she was like, Amir Khan, I didn't even... I was like, but, but, okay. Called him Damn. and tried to explain it. So... Yeah, he came. <clears throat> Obviously, this is all quite sensitive. At the funeral, I'm still bed-bound, so... Apologies yeah. for missing that one. <laughs> yeah. um, don't worry, mate. We'll sort that out in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Fight it out later. Yeah, quite... <laughs> quite evidently, it was empty in the hospital mate the room was just silent for oh, me really? yeah everyone's vacated to to go oh, to the right. dad's funeral right um yeah, yeah, that was... 
how was that? I feel like now, socially as well, as well as mentally, you're thinking, okay, I'm the man of the house now. I'm. Yeah, that was the bit I hated the most when people come up to you and say, "Oh, you're the man of the house, man." Yeah. Uh, relax. Yeah. I'm just, just, I'm just burying the man. Just like give me a little bit of time. There was no shift in your mind where it's like, okay, now people are looking at me, presuming this. Uh, thing is though, with the funeral and that, the funeral is never a time for you. It's just for others. Mm. You realize you almost don't know what's going on. You just sort of, you know, you're wearing the suit, you know, you've got to carry the coffin and then, you know, you've got to bury it and Imam has to say something. And everyone just comes and says, it's for other people, funeral. It's not for the family. That's why I go out. Mm. You just sort of, you go through the process of everyone who knew him, gets to go through their little mourning process, say goodbye in whatever the way they want. We had an open casket, so they used to come, come up to him and, I don't know, put their hand on his chest or say a little prayer or whatever. So that's that whole event. Like probably two hundred people came on a Monday. I heard. I yeah, heard it was a bloody Monday, mate. He was a popular <laughs> man. Holiday season. It. It. By the way, says a lot about him. Yeah, he, he. He was. He was. Had, like people really liked him. Because I, I think about this with my own dad. Thankfully, he's still with us. But yeah. I sort of. I don't want to say I imagine, but I. You sort of think what would. What would that look like when funeral. that day comes when I have to now speak at my dad's funeral and it's <clears throat> yeah. not a nice thought to have but you sort of it's good to mentally prepare yeah there's there's a it's strange to even talk about but yeah thankfully my dad's still still here and I just um hopefully will be for another hundred years but I know what you mean it's one of those because even even before my dad passed away when I was yeah about 15 16 maybe even 12. Mm. I used to I have quite a strong imagination so I used to imagine what would happen if one of my parents died either in one scenario it would be my dad in one scenario it would be my mum in another scenario it would be both of them in a car crash mm -hmm. and I would run through in my mind how I would deal with that obviously it's completely different when it really happens but I don't know for some reason you feel the need to prepare for that Yeah, it's one of those weird things where it's like it's a horrible experience even if you're just like sitting there in bed thinking about it, a tear will come down your cheek. Yeah. But for some reason we do it, and it, and it, it probably does help. It probably does help because it will happen. We all know that day will come. Yeah. And then you're probably like, okay, well, if it does come, maybe I'd, I'd like to think that I would deal with it in this way. Even though you never really will, but at least you'll have some sort of self guided mm. image of yourself. You would never want to imagine yourself sitting in a corner crying. And yeah, I think that's a big thing. You build that image of yourself of how you're going to act on the day. <clears throat> exactly. And then you try and try and align yourself with that in real life. But, but then there's also um, the thought of, well, how much of it can I control? I don't want to be the one crying. But, you know. Yeah. No, it's difficult. It's, yeah, I mean, there are so many things kick in. Pride. Yeah. Um, Again, the whole man of the house thing, yeah, that's, you know, you go stiff up a lip, but then the other side is like, I, I only really started crying when I saw the casket get lowered into the into the hole. Mm. That's when I lost it a bit, and I do perfect timing, because everyone was standing on the other side of the hole looking at me. Oh, no. 
Well, I always see in those moments you don't care, and then, and then like the imam, he would invite people to either throw a rose or get some sort of some dirt and throw yeah. it into the uh, on the casket. I came to grab the dirt, and he held my hand and said, "No, you you don't do that," because apparently there's a rule to say that oh, you know, family members don't throw the dirt. And I got annoyed. I was like, "Who are you? I mean, this is my dad's funeral. If I want to throw dirt, you just you give me that, and give me that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want your Islamic rules. I don't even know why you're here. Like, <laughs> this is all for my yeah. mum, the Islamic side. They're like, "Oh no, Daniel, you can't throw the dirt because when the soul sees the family member throwing dirt, they get shocked as to why the family member." Oh, okay. I was like, "Shut up, man." <laughs> You silly bugger! Yeah. Like, don't yeah, don't give me, don't give me these little fairy tale stuff, man. But if, okay, okay, I don't. I'll go. I'll, I didn't throw the dirt. I walked off, like cooled off for a second. I think Kurosh and another of my mates came over to me, calmed down, and then came back. Said sorry to the imam, hugged him. <laughs> oh, you actually that. kicked off? Huh? Did you actually kick off a little bit with it? A tiny bit. I was like, and I just sort of dashed the back into the little bowl it was in yeah and I sort of was like oh, fuck this and walked off and then again like just yeah five ten minutes came back said sorry to the mom hugged him and I was like, I'm so sorry <laughs> everything was fine yeah you probably understand but yeah that was the only time I felt emotion the whole other process I was like yeah keep that image mm. that I had of myself how I would deal with it when I would imagine it when I was younger but then again, yeah, you can never prepare it because, especially in the way that it happens, if if like Bobby went through a similar thing, yeah. Bob, and, and I was I was very surprised at how calm, collected he was throughout the entire was, process. Yeah. And I think with my dad, I'd probably be more controlled. With my mum, I don't know. It's yeah. it's probably more of a different of an emotional experience for you know for yeah, our children yeah. to go through. Well, it's different for like if a if a, for, if a boy loses his mum or his dad, it's different. Yeah. Yeah, because obviously the whole mama's boy thing, your tie with your mum is more emotional than logical than with your dad, right? But then I could say the same thing with <coughs> with your sister, you know, Nassim, or with a girl. It's the same thing with our mum. That's a very strong relationship usually. But then it's again, they can have the same. But it's different thing with you know the dad I mean? where like your dad's daughter yeah. would you think your dad and Nikki have a different relationship than your mum and Nikki definitely they yeah do. yeah yeah they definitely do do you feel like she would be different if she lost her she would probably get ruined if she lost her dad but with her mum probably not as bad wow that's that yeah, is true. true I don't it know if true, it's it? specific to my sister and my mum no no I'm, yeah I mean I'm, ju- I'm just saying that cause yeah it's, a personal it's true example but it's in true. general it is different because when when a dad dies, the son becomes the man of the house. The daughter doesn't really that responsibility isn't put on them. But if the mom okay. dies, then she becomes the, the daughter becomes the nurturer of the house. She not okay. not in all, in all families, but in a typical, she will take on the role of cooking. Yeah, 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 doing that mum role, which has its ups and downs and probably can be dealt with in different ways. But mm. generally. When you lose I, a parent, it's different for the child. By the way, I've just remembered where I was going with the whole my dad is currently still alive because it sounded for a second that I was just trying oh, to yeah, yeah. make a point of mine being alive. 
Um, sorry about that. But where I was going with it was, I think as much as you have your issues with your dad, like when they're alive, I think, you know, when he does pass on, you know, hopefully no time soon, but when he does, I definitely will appreciate all the good that he's done and be grateful for all the positive mm. um, and that's yeah. probably hard to fully appreciate and recognize right now 100%. as much as I try and do that more consciously you, um, you realize that there's no other man like you yeah, <laughs> yeah you well, my, my dad in particular <laughs> very <laughs> unique individual yeah, 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 but you yeah you're right that, that you'll never never ever meet a man like him again that's mm-hmm. what makes it difficult. What, 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 probably the most shocking part of the grief process, at least for me, was realizing how, how dodgy, and I don't know, I don't know, I want to try and figure the right word, but how no one gives a fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one else gives a fuck. Even, even to the extent mums, because they don't have to sacrifice as much as dads in the traditional family, right? So the only reason my mom only worked two days a week and had the house that she was living in all that because my dad was made a huge sacrifice because of him that we managed to come to this country. Mm-hmm. He used to study here and he married a woman that got him a passport and you know he took that risk. You take all these different risks and he, you know, again my dad's family in Iran was quite wealthy. My granddad had a great thriving business, but my dad left that stable strong position that he had he would have been the man of the house and in that kind of community and that kind of culture mm-hmm. he would have been king because he was the second he was the, the eldest son of the family so he was next in line mm-hmm. so my dad left that greatness great you know inheritance possession of power yeah, yeah to bring us and her obviously to England for a better life so you know these these, these different kinds of sacrifices mm-hmm. that men make um, so that, like what was my point yeah so it's, it's different don't give a fuck about how little people don't care about yeah yeah that's the grieving that's the other part of the grieving process like you yeah. realise even even family members uncles aunties mum let's say for me because my dad passed you realise that the, the, their decisions they're not always for the best mm. they're quite emotional sometimes like the whole issue with me and my mum was this house even when my dad was alive, I was like, this house is like a disease. It's literally making us sick. It's almost a curtain they were holding up to <coughs> yeah, yeah, uphold yeah, to the image. Exactly. That was probably the heaviest part of the curtain, if you want to put it like that. So, yeah, the, um, I was like, look, this house is like... The reason why I stopped going to Taekwondo and PFC and all this stuff is because I realized, like, we can't afford... Mm. It's getting tight. Like, I remember my dad apparently didn't pay his taxes for five years. They gave him a mad fine. He was panicked so badly. He was asking me if I had receipts. And that you have receipts so they can, I don't know, claim some expenses or whatever it was. So then he had to take a loan out to pay for that and then pay off the interest on loans. So, and, and these things. Yeah, these things, I was, they never involved me, but I would see it. And you're not stupid, right? You, you sort of realize that, yeah. oh, things aren't really adding up. So, you know, I was like, and, and, and I realized it's, it's just because of this house. You know, there's nothing else 
that we have. <laughs> we don't have, we can have anything else to worry about. It's just this house that is literally making us all sick. Like my dad's mm. working his ass off to try and pay for it. My mum sort of is, is doing the same and but not, not fully aware of how bad it really is because my yeah. dad was keeping up this image. So then after he passed away, one of the th- when the doors opened for me and I saw the potential, one thing I saw that was in the way of that potential was this house. So I was I was telling him, look, we need to sell this house. Like first of all, if I wasn't working to my mom, you wouldn't be able to afford this place. Yeah. You'd lose it and probably have to go into housing benefits and you know, life wouldn't be that great. But here I am. I'll go to work. I'll sacrifice everything I ever wanted, all the you know, the acting courses that I was doing, mm. the law and everything. Put all that aside and I'll sacrifice for the sake of my family to go and work for this company that isn't really organized in the way that let's say a, a, a corporate job would be yeah a job that you would apply for with a cv i i'll be honest i think from everyone else's perspective it was it was all of a sudden daniel's like man of the house type of situation now yeah, stepped yeah, yeah. up now he's taking care of that's the thing yeah taking well, care of business and you would think you would think i think there was even some talks of or maybe it was just presuming some good insurance policy was taken out and that's like probably taking care of the mortgage and all no, that situation no no, no. no, no. well my dad didn't have he had life insurance mm. but that goes like went quite quick <laughs> you know we put did put some aside but there were so many things like I didn't expect us to be yeah you don't think about it you just know someone's passed away but then all the yeah. thousand and one things exactly. that he was upholding. He was in debt and he was, you know, had no savings, not one pound saved. Wow. Yeah. And I was thinking like giving the guy that he was working for, this real estate tycoon of a millionaire, you know, hundreds of millions of pounds. I thought my dad would have like a one up, two properties, rental properties, something, right? You know, yeah. something, nothing. Absolutely. And that's, that's the other part of the grieving process is once you realize how fucked things were so if my dad was alive we would have lost that house that's I know for a fact we would have either had to sell it a similar sort of situation with what your dad had to do we would have been in that same situation Mm -hmm. the only reason we weren't is because there was like a sort of a I organized everything so we had the joint account Mm -hmm. money would come in all expenses, direct debit, would be taken out. Whatever's left, we'd save a bit, and then try and just move forward like yeah. that. Put the house on a repayment. Uh, try and pay it off in like fifteen years. The mortgage calculator said. So, have you just gone from? <laughs> I went from sucking my thumb to Wake, waking up at eleven thirty a.m. to now one eighty. You've now had to take on all of this stress, which yeah. he's unfortunately you know left behind yeah, yeah no yeah it was it was a lot of I mean the thing is because I was young I was 21 I had the energy to do what I'll break through walls and the way I manage these places yeah it wouldn't be allowed in, in let's say a corporate world the things I had to do were so it had to be creative in a way <laughs> yeah I had to be creative with solutions 
because the only guy who knew what was going on was he was six feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! And there was no like I don't know structure. Hard drive. Yeah, there was no information. Yeah, no structure. Nothing. There was like you know we had one Polish handyman who couldn't really speak English, so I I had to try and find a way to communicate with him, explain how this complicated thing that's going on I've never explained before in my mm. life to a guy who doesn't speak English and hope to God he does the job right and then but then you can't just hope to God you have to go and check you have to go and check yeah. and I have to go and check and then there's like again I went from managing no buildings no no experience nothing mm. to managing three buildings one was a gated community 72 flats park in a uh, Courtyard and you've got one handyman one handyman so you've essentially become another handyman I take at it. the beginning yeah but I had to stop because you can't be walking around in a suit one day as a manager then the next day in sweatpants trying to do fucking you know uh, netting for pigeons that are coming in the car park because that's wow. what I had to do bought a netting to get these flipping pigeons out of a car park and I was there in sweatpants with this Polish guy doing it and then next day in a suit, being like, hello, good evening. <laughs> <laughs> you know, answering emails like I'm some manager or something. What an experience, though. I mean, hopefully down the line you look back and you're like, yeah. I've had to do it all. Yeah, no, I mean, I would still be doing it to this day. Yeah. The only reason I'm not is, again, because of that house. I told, I was like to my mom, look, I've done all this sacrificing. I'm getting paid a good money working like a donkey but the money's really good mm. but I can't do this high stress job pay for your life your mortgage your bills and my sister and then you know and the, they were sort of calculating the mortgage to be paid off in 15 years it's like in 15 years I'm going to be 40 something years old like when am I going to get my like I want a wife one day I want a yeah. girlfriend to be able to pay her go out for dinner and pay for it we would like a house one day, we would like kids one day. I can't wait until 40 to just start doing all that. And I don't want to, it's not fair. Yeah, it's a strain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was like, so the best option, she, she, didn't, she didn't know what to do. She was like, well, I, you know, housewife, two days, uh, sitting in a comfort zone for years. Which, fair enough, you know, the way my dad made it look, I would have probably done the same thing because he made it look like everything was great. If she had known different, she would have probably... Educated oh, so you don't stuff. think that was communicated with your dad to your mum? Yeah, like he was very much like my granddad. You'd take care of everything. And that's, that's very way. similar to my parents as well, yeah, yeah, to be yeah. honest. The whole traditional Iranian man is... Yeah. You don't worry about it. You just, you know... You, you I'm, I'm the man. I'm going to go work. Take care, of, take care yeah. of it. So they don't even know how bad it is until... Shit. So she didn't know what to do. She didn't know how to fix the situation. I was like, right then. How, how do you think your dad was able to just live with the thought of, yeah, things are terrible right now, hey, but I, towards let the me... End of it, yeah, towards the end of it, he, he had really bad um, constipation. And I'd go to work with him. It was like this mansion in Surrey, Hazelmere huge mansion with like a forest of a garden like one front garden was like just grass and the end was trees and then on one side it was just like this is like half a hill just sort of goes up and up and up with forest and big trees and so we'd go there to just cut the grass just to get some fresh air and it needed to be done anyway 
there was like wheelbarrows. My dad would mow the lawn, tip it into the wheelbarrow. I'll take the wheelbarrow to the end where the mm-hmm. dump was. A few times I'd come back, I'd see him throw up into the wheelbarrow. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, "Oh, you're right." And he goes, "Yeah, it's fine, it's fine." I'm just like something up in my stomach. And then a few like months later, he passed away. So clearly, was, that stress was taking a toll. He was what I thought it was is probably he was yeah so stressed, went into fight or flight, immune system shut down, digestive system shut down. And then over time got constipated and then didn't fix it. And then he was going to the GP, but by that time it was too late. They didn't figure it. They didn't. Do, they didn't get through the process mm. further and far enough into the process. I mean, to yeah, find when you, when you don't have that safety net, and you're quite literally <clears throat> on a hamster wheel, living yeah. from month to month, he doesn't yeah. really have the ability imagine. to afford himself time yeah. to to look imagine. after himself. But he was very easygoing. You know, he was. Yeah, he wasn't like he would. Just, I'm, I'm sure on, on, on the inside he was really stressed, but he never made it look like he was still up for yeah. a laugh. And I guess you you could forget it easily. No, I, my dad is. He's gone through some insane amounts of stress, and he's mm. still very happy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we just look at him like this. It's not possible. Something's yeah, like wrong that. with him. <laughs> Yeah, Clearly, like maybe really, that's why yeah. he's able to take on such risks and get us into this position in the first place. Yeah. It's because he's. But anyway, that's another conversation. It's, a, it's like a big balls mentality, but at the same, at, at one point, if, if it does catch up to you, if you know. But you know what? It's it's helped us see different perspectives, different. I don't know what the word is. Pastures, pastures, yeah, where we've we've lived through our parents and we've seen them make certain decisions and certain mistakes mm. and I'd say more more so for me and my siblings we've seen my dad do some insane things mm. and no doubt we've I think it's affected us whether we recognise it or not in what we're doing now yeah. and touch wood you know we're all taking care of our, ourselves quite well so I like to think um it's because of those mistakes he made that we're a little bit wiser and we're steering yeah, yeah. ourselves in different directions. Yeah, in some ways. I mean, yeah, you can look at it in so many different ways. For, for a long time, I looked at it in a way like, oh, he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. He's an absolute fucking idiot. Like, I was like, how could you be working with someone so intelligent like the guy I was working for, he's like he's almost like he's an alien. He's mm. Ridiculously intelligent, to the point where I can't. And I'm seeing him in his sixties. God knows what he was like when he was in his twenty-five. Just must have been an absolute powerhouse. Of a, yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, you've been working with this guy for all these years. How is it that you don't have one, one rental property, one asset? Forget about property, just an asset, anything, mm. some gold some something it's like it's almost she's 57 yeah 50 nearly 60 years of life and you have nothing obviously yeah. it was like oh you got the house it's like yeah but the house is, is half is like fucking the shit out of me right now yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? so it's not it's not like the house looks great and it's probably nice to live in but we've rent had to rent out two three other rooms rent out the downstairs now his son is working in a job that's like... Do you, do you think if 
maybe it's a pride thing where if say 25 years ago he had actually opened up and told his boss you know what how do you do this I'm not in a situation no, where I can save he, much he knew. what should I do he, my dad knew my dad is really complicated because he he had he was working with this guy sort of working for him but he was self-employed he had the management company which was just him right yeah he had the management company and he was managing the properties that this guy owned well he didn't own but the companies that owned them you know have a way they yeah. structured it right so there were just a few projects that were going on some some big big projects like huge developers yeah yeah that they were doing in like drop more and some other places right unfortunately as soon as those projects finished or just before they finished they hit the recession so the bank took all of that and my ah. dad was supposed to get some sort of a cut but all that aside so I'm saying he was more involved in the business he wasn't just like working as an employee for him and he was he knew exactly what to do he or did own some properties in the past but he lost them for whatever reason and then so it I'm just like, turns into one of these Iranian Iranian um, stories because yeah, my dad's stories. got that as well recession just, hit lost the, the business and Exactly, but you're just sitting there listening to you thinking, yeah, I mean, great mate. <laughs> no, so my my dad, obviously Daniel's still alive. Sorry what? to say, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, but wait I, until I the, wait until the mic's off. <clears throat> I spoke to um, my older brother, and we were we were thinking about getting my dad on, or at least just recording for private, personal, you know, collection. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And just understand, because we've had so many conversations about how his company, basically, how he lost it, how it went bankrupt. Mm. And then you have more conversations and you realise, oh, it's actually quite obvious why it went bankrupt. As much as we can, <laughs> we can blame the economy going into recession, you actually hear all these things and it's like, well... Well, I remember it went down during like the, the internet where everyone was putting online shops, basically. I always thought he just didn't he didn't put an online didn't build a website and that's where he lost most of it. That's that's what happened. What's what I imagined with yeah, like, that's, uh, a lot of the dads who owned businesses and they just they weren't with the ball enough to to go exactly, online. Exactly. There's there's a lot more to it, but yeah, that's essentially the industry was moving in that way, and he just yeah wasn't wasn't with it, but potentially. That could be another another episode. We we yeah, get. Yeah, I mean, done. you can't tell your dad you're doing it. You just have to have the mic somewhere and just have a conversation. <laughs> Otherwise, he won't take it. Seriously. Otherwise, he's gonna make it out as though he is Richard Branson. Just gonna... <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of it, he's gonna be like, "Yeah, but obviously, I don't have it anymore." But it was yeah. back in the day, so. And then finish off with a Baba Karam. Yeah, just... <laughs> literally, literally. Listen, bro, we're approaching an hour. I appreciate you doing this. Oh, and... I appreciate you for having me on, mate. Thank you, man. We'll do it again sometime. Absolutely. Part two. Part two soon. Thank you, bro. We didn't even get into the...